The Holy Spirit brings to our mind that which God wants us to speak and that which God wants us to do as we walk on this earth. As we do and as we say that which the Holy Spirit brings to our mind, we honor God. But if we hold back that subject, we are in danger of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. It's a very serious matter. When we are with another person, we need to speak those things brought to our mind by God. Usually, if I know I'm going to be with someone else, I pray before I meet with them, and I just pray that God would give me what he wanted me to say, and I pray that he would keep me from saying anything that he doesn't want me to say. I do the same thing very often before I make these recordings. I never know exactly how the recording is going to go or which subject we're going to have. I have something brought to my mind usually, and I know it is the Holy Spirit, to speak that example. So that's the example I speak, because I don't know what you need, but God does. He knows what will help you. Therefore, I depend on him as I speak what the Holy Spirit brings to my attention. Here is an example that was just brought to my attention of this subject of speaking what God wants you to speak. I was with my favorite aunt several years ago. She's a Church of Christ member and has been in Church of Christ all her life. And I heard from the Holy Spirit as we were talking, tell her about being taken into heaven. Oh, I don't want to do that. But I knew it was the Holy Spirit telling me to do this. So we have a choice. We can yield to the Holy Spirit and speak what he wants, or we can ignore the Holy Spirit. I really try to speak what the Holy Spirit wants me to speak when I'm with anyone, an individual, or if I'm speaking to a church. I try to yield myself to that which the Holy Spirit brings to my mind. So, though I did not want to tell my aunt about being taken into heaven, I heard from the Holy Spirit to do it, and so I yielded to the Holy Spirit. And I said to her, after I was born again, something happened to me in the night. I was transported into heaven. I was with God. I was with Christ. I was with the Holy Spirit. I saw no physical images. It was a spiritual experience. But at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the word of God. God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. And a few days later, the exact same thing happened again in the night as I was asleep. I was transported into heaven. I was made one with Jesus, one with the Word of God. 
I noticed when I talked to my aunt that she had sort of a dreamy look on her face. And when I finished talking, she said, Something like that happened to me once, and it was all golden. You never know exactly what's going to happen when you yield to the Holy Spirit, but you know it's going to be the will of God. Now, how do you know it's going to be the will of God? Because the Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to reveal to us the things of God so that we can go in the will of God. You'll find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul did not come to the church telling them clever stories that would make him look wise. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech, or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, and in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God showed me this scripture when I was first born again in 1975. He showed me, don't try to say clever things. Just speak the things that I bring to you, and the work of God will be done in the life of the individual. There are so many churches today that are teaching their people things that have no power. And when the crisis comes, it won't work. It won't work to trust in crosses that they wear around their neck and to grab medallions that some of them wear around their neck. I have a Catholic friend who kept a medallion, Catholic medallion, on her sun visor. This was called St. Christopher, and it's supposed to be protecting her. This will let her down at some point. You see war shows where these men reach up and grab a necklace that's around their neck before they go into battle. If you are trusting in anything other than God and what he tells you by his spirit, you are in grave danger. Our faith has to be in God. That's the only thing that is safe. And he communicates with us by having the spirit of God show us the will of God in the matter at hand. That's what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Then in verse 9, he says, but it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But 
God hath revealed them to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In the year 2020, I was considering having new upholstery put on the front seat of my 25-year-old car. As I thought about this, I heard, or you could just buy a new car. I hadn't thought of that at all. It was like a thunderbolt hit me. I thought, well, I could buy a new car. I had sold a house in Texas. The cash was sitting in the bank. I could easily pay for a new car and have money left over. So it would be very comfortable to buy a new car. And that's what I did. Well, that night, God gave me a dream that I bought a new car, so I had two areas of confirmation. Why is that so important? God knows the future. God knows whether or not I'm going to need that money in the future. When we hear something like that from God, we have an anchor for our faith to go forward, believing that God would not take us that direction if it was dangerous for us. We have the confidence that we need to go forward. That's an example of hearing from the Spirit of God and following Him. How do I know that's God? Well, primary way is it's easy to be entreated. God's yoke is easy. His burden is light. I already had the money sitting in the bank, more than enough to buy a car. And I'd heard from the Spirit of God that I believed with all my heart this was the better way to go than trying to keep the old 25-year-old car. Here's how you measure the wisdom that is from above. It is pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. In the year 2021, an idea came to me to contact churches and offer my service to them in the form of exhorting the church. After I did this, I was bombarded by negative thoughts. What if this happens? What if that happens? I turned to God with the situation. The next morning, I awoke, and Pam Paget came into my room, and I told her that I believed that there was another way to present the material should any of the church groups want to hear the subjects. And she mentioned 
virtual presentations, which in the year 2021, everybody was doing because of the coronavirus. I'd also had another problem come to me concerning going out into churches in the way we used to do it. And that problem was, I've not been vaccinated for this virus. I don't ever go out. I've not been vaccinated. I prayed about being vaccinated, asking God, should I be vaccinated? When they first came out with the vaccines, I turned to God in prayer and said, I don't want to be vaccinated, but if you show me to do it, then I will do it. But I was never shown anything by God. So virtual presentations freeze me from having to be vaccinated to go out into churches should anybody invite me to come and speak to their group because I can speak from my bedroom on a computer and present materials that way and we can show the scriptures at the same time I'm talking, which I've always thought was the only reason to ever be on television would be if you showed the scriptures because I just can't understand the fleshliness that goes on when people are speaking to groups and that person is kind of stomping and parading up there on that stage. That doesn't make any sense to me. Television just doesn't make sense to me when you're presenting the Word of God, unless you are also presenting on the screen the scripture that you're talking about, and that could be valuable. Following the Spirit of God. That's the only safety we have. You might be about to do what the Spirit wants you to do, but you might be thinking of doing it in another way. I hear ministers say all the time, please send me your money because I'm going all over the world to preach the gospel. There could be another way to do that other than going physically all over the world. Certainly, I go all over the world all the time, making podcasts, and writing on the blog. So there may be another way, and I believe in this case, there was another way. Rather than going out there into those churches, what I'm to, I believe I've heard to do is do a virtual presentation, which would go all over the world, and anyone could hear it that wanted to do so. That's, I think, following the Spirit of God As many as follow the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So when we hear to do something by what we know is the Spirit of God, we do that. Now there's another thing also. When I am with a person, I pray that I will speak only what God wants me to speak. When I go to the beauty shop to have my hair cut, I'm always praying, God, please have me speak only what you want me to speak. When I go to a doctor's appointment, anytime I go out among people, this is what I'm praying. And I really try to yield to the Spirit of God. Now, this is a rather shocking story. A man came here to deal with a problem that we had, which was I had seen a couple of mice in my bedroom. We called an exterminator, 
he came out to deal with the problem. One of the first things he told me is that he was a Christian. And then in a few minutes he said, Concerning the mice, you can always pray that they go to the home of one of your neighbors whom you hate. I was shocked. I said, but I don't have any neighbors that I hate. And he he then pretended he was just joking. But I know this. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Somehow this man had it in his heart, or it wouldn't have come out his mouth. As he continued to talk, he told me about going out with some friend of his who's a prophet and ministering. And he started to tell me the different places they went to. And I said to him, how did God show you to do this? He was speechless. Just totally speechless. He never answered me. He never went on to tell me where they had been going and what they had been doing. That absolutely stopped him in his tracks. He continued to kind of flirt with the word of God around me. And as he got ready to leave, I had given him some extremely strong exhortations. And he was taking them lightly, and I knew he was. He went out into the hallway to leave, and he waved, and he said, Have a good day. And I said, You go to hell. That stopped him. That stopped him completely. He fled this house. He got out there in his pickup and waited till Pam brought him the money for the extermination. He didn't want anything to do with me anymore. That's a very bold, shocking story. But I'm also reminded of John the Baptist when they came out to be baptized of John the Baptist. And what did he say to them? Luke 3, verse 7. And then said he, John the Baptist, to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him. O ye generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Jesus in Matthew 23 said this to the scribes and Pharisees. Verse 15. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. And he said in verse 14, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. When they come flaunting the word of God and flaunting their works this way, God could very well rise up in us to rebuke them strongly in a way that they can understand the rebuke. In 1980, 
82, I was traveling back to Dallas where I was living at that time, and I kept hearing this word from God by the Spirit of God. The time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And I heard it over and over and over, all the way back on that trip back to Dallas. I didn't know what was going to happen. A few days later, God showed me ministers, big-time radio TV ministers who were doing various works that they should not be doing. And I felt I had to get this message to those ministers. But when you send a message to someone like that, very often they have an office staff who opens the letter and throws it in the trash. I used our letterhead, Jesus Ministries, and identified myself immediately as a prophet of Jesus before I gave the message. And I said, this is a message from God, which I have received and am to send to you. But that doesn't mean that they will get the message. When I became persuaded they were not going to get the message, God took me to a scripture that Paul spoke At the end of one of his epistles, he said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. Beware of him, for he greatly withstood our words. By that scripture, I saw there are times that we name a name of an evildoer in front of all, warning them about the evildoer. Therefore, I was persuaded to go on my own radio broadcast, which I was on at that time in 1982 from coast to coast in the United States, to go on my own radio broadcast and give the message that I heard from God concerning that minister and name the situation that he was doing which needed to be changed. Therefore, I did that. We received an enormous amount of hate mail from the followers of those ministers. But the ministers got the message when I presented it on radio. Their followers took the message to them, or they heard the message as I spoke it. I had done my job. I went into Seattle to have a meeting for the radio audience, and the manager of the radio station in Seattle, was standing outside the meeting room door. He had always been so friendly to me. As I arrived, George said to me, Joan, you have many good messages. Just speak those messages. If you keep speaking these judgment messages, I don't know what's going to happen to you. We may have to put you off the air. The Holy Spirit just rose up in me And I said, not I, but the Spirit of God, said to George, George, if I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message and I may as well be off the air. A minister, a real minister, doesn't speak by his own will. He speaks what he hears from God. You simply stand up there, and when you hear something from the Holy Spirit, You speak that. If you do not speak that, 
you really could end up denying the Holy Spirit and denying God. And I find it terrifying to think of denying God. Therefore, I find it better to yield to the Holy Spirit when I'm speaking to a group of people than to protect myself. Because you are going to offend people. There are people who will be offended by some of the things that God would say. But I think that's what we're supposed to do. And I believe as individuals we're supposed to do that. That does the work of God. You don't ever know what's going to come from that one thing that you will say that might offend them or it might save them. We have to have our trust fully in God. Now, it must not be a thing of trying to set someone straight or having a bone to pick. You've got to have your heart pure and clean. Create in me, O God, a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 51, David prayed that. So if you're in strife with someone, you're in grave danger. That all has to be settled with God. You cannot afford to pre-plan these things because that could be from your own heart. But when your heart is good and you don't have a bone to pick with those people or with anybody else... You must yield to the Holy Spirit. I was traveling on a trip to buy merchandise when I owned my business in the 1970s. I was traveling to Albuquerque to buy merchandise for my business, which was an Indian arts business. I had been born again a few months at that time. The plane began landing at the airport in Albuquerque and just The moment the wheels touched down, I heard these words from the Holy Spirit, Be baptized. My cousin met me at the plane, and I said to her, Jean, if you can set it up this afternoon at church, I will be baptized before I return to Dallas. She said to me, but you've already been baptized. And I said, yes, but I wasn't born again at the time I was baptized. I am born again now, and I've heard be baptized. I could tell she didn't understand what I was saying, Church of Christ member, all her life. But she said, well, okay. So she set it up for that afternoon for me to be baptized at a Church of Christ that she attended. I was rather surprised because when we went into the building, There were about 15 of my relatives there to witness this baptism. I was further very surprised when the minister said, Would you like to say anything? And I said, Well, I I guess so. And I just started talking, telling them how I had been baptized when I was 15, but I wasn't born again, and now I'm born again, and I've heard to be baptized and telling them whatever the Holy Spirit brought to my mind. As I was talking, I noticed one of my cousins was shaking her head up and down, smiling. It was like, yes, yes. My uncle was crying. When the minister lowered me into the water, the Holy Spirit said to me, This is like being buried with Christ. 
as I came out of the water, the Holy Spirit said to me, this is like being raised with Christ. When I went back downstairs, my uncle came to me. He still had tears in his eyes. And he said, I have never heard anything like you spoke today. Could you please write that out for me and send it to me? And I said, well, I guess so. I didn't know at that time I was to be a minister. I don't even know that I knew that the call of God was on my life. I'd had some very strong experiences with God. But I went back to Dallas where I lived and wrote it out and sent it to my uncle. Years later, I felt God was showing me that at the time I spoke to that church group at a Church of Christ building, my uncle was born again. God uses the words he gives us. He uses them. They are spoken with signs following, but you don't know ahead of time usually what you're going to say. I don't. I may have a little hint as to the subject matter, but I may speak many different things that were certainly not planned by me. I try to yield to the Holy Spirit and give the examples that I have called in my mind by the Holy Spirit, for that does the work of God. It will today with you. And for each of us, the example Paul gave, I think, is exactly what we who have the Holy Spirit are supposed to do. Yield to the Holy Spirit. It does the work of God. If you do not have the courage to yield to the Holy Spirit, you might end up denying God. And usually the reason you would deny God is because you want the praise of men rather than the praise of God. We see those examples in the Bible that they denied him because of that. They cared about the praise of men. So learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. One other example. I called one of our church members one day. She lived in Virginia and I was living in Texas at that time. She said her adult-age son was going to be due at her house in about 30 minutes and that she had made out a list of things she wanted to cover with him. And I said, oh, don't do that. Trust God. Just throw that list away and put your trust in God to bring to your mind what he wants you to say. She threw the list away, and later she reported to me that there was not one thing brought to her mind that was on that list when she talked with her son. If you think you know the way someone's going to go, you might end up speaking the wrong things to that person unless you're certain God has told you to speak. Trust God to bring it to your mind at the time you're with the person. And follow God, for that does the work of God. And when you do that, signs do follow when it is the work of God. Trust God. Trust the Spirit of God. And know the voice of God. And how do you know 
what you're about to speak is from God? James chapter 3, verse 17. It's usually pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. Now, it could also be a rebuke. It could be a strong word of rebuke and be of God. But just follow the Spirit of God, speaking what he brings to your mind. Keeping your own heart clean. That's very important for each of us. If you have a dispute with anyone, settle that dispute in prayer with God and be sure your heart is cleansed concerning that person. That's important. Again, Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.